Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, this is The Standard Podcast and I'm Mark Blunden. It's been one month since the launch of London's expanded ultra-low emission zone. So how much cash has been generated as part of Mercedes Khan's flagship pollution-fighting scheme? It's £26 million from more than 57,000 daily vehicles. Transport for London says the ULEZ expansion has cut the number of older, more polluting vehicles by nearly half and reduced the overall amount of traffic. But what about air quality? Any data on that from our many pollution monitoring stations? Standard local democracy reporter Noah Vickers asked the mayor. You compare in um, you know, one month versus another month in different seasons. So what, what the advice and the experience from central London and in London is one month you publish uh, compliance on compliance, basically speaking. Six months you can do preliminary figures. They are preliminary in relation to uh, air quality. Twelve months are the final figures in relation to air quality. The £12.50 a day levy for vehicles not meeting emissions requirements is enforced by a network of surveillance cameras ringing the capital, which have seen attacks to cut them down by vandals dubbed Blade Runners. And what about those who won't pay the charge? Well, ULEZ Refusenex can expect to pay a £180 fine. According to TFL data, there are 2.6 million cars registered in London, with 54% of households owning at least one vehicle. So how is TFL spending its extra cash? Plus, more transport news later on the government's railway ticket office closures U-turn. Now we're joined by The Standard's transport editor, Ross Lydell. Ross, what ULEZ news are you reporting on Tuesday? We have the first results from Transport for London of the Greater London ULEZ. Essentially, the London-wide expansion of the ULEZ. It was set in train by Sadiq Khan on August the 29th this year. And now Transport for London has done its sums, got its magic calculator out and told us exactly what impact the ULEZ has had. And in a sort of nutshell, it's very good news for Sadiq Khan. It's rather done exactly what he hoped it has reduced the number of older, more polluting vehicles on the road by a quite remarkable 45%, which is probably slightly above expectations. And it means that whereas previously there were around 170,000, if you like, older vehicles, old bangers, or certainly non-compliant vehicles, you know, based on their exhaust emissions, there were 170,000 of those a day circulating around Greater London. That has fallen to 93,000. 
thousand as an average daily figure. So we have one very happy mayor, I would imagine, today. What's this windfall going to be spent on? It will be used to improve public transport in London. One of the things that will be used to fund is the Superloop bus network, the sort of orbital network in the outer suburbs. It's got a few spokes as well that come into central London, but the Superloop was one of the sort of trade-offs for the ULES expansion. The idea was that if you had to ditch your car because of the ULES, then you could hop on a Superloop bus instead. That loop is far from complete, it has to be said. It should be finished by around next April, just in time for the mayoral elections, of course. But the likes of the Superloop is one of the things that will be benefiting from this uh, £26 million pounds that the ULES has raised in the first month or so. It's worth saying as well that that number, although quite a large one, is again not beyond or not unusually beyond any predictions. At the outset, TfL's finance chiefs estimated that the annual income from the ULES expansion would be between 100 and £300 million pounds a year with an average of £200 million. So with £26 million pounds in the first month, that's largely on track for about £200 million by the end of the 12-month period because probably what will happen is that the number of people paying this or being sent penalty fines will reduce month on month, if not week or week. But the net effect is that Sadiq Khan has got some more money in his kitty. Is there any data about vehicle types, especially after the mayor's scrappage scheme? Primarily what we do know is what has happened in terms of vehicles coming off the road. For example, there's about a 2% reduction in overall traffic either coming into London or circulating within it. So that suggests that people have been deterred to some extent, especially if they have an older vehicle that would be subject to the £12.50 daily levy. They're simply not risking it and not driving in London at all. So there's been a slight fall in traffic. The other thing that TfL says is that many of the vehicles, of the older vehicles that are no longer being spotted, are diesel vehicles. And again, that's a good thing because diesel vehicles are a particular problem in terms of their emissions. So many Londoners have used the ULES expansion as a reason to get rid of the diesel. What about these anti-ULES Blade Runner vandals? Any effect? I think the campaign has had um, quite substantial impact. I think it's certainly put the frighteners up to fell in the mayor probably for quite some time now it's been more than a nuisance obviously there's a two or three people due in court over the next few weeks or so so the police say they're taking this very seriously although it does seem to me that the number of people arrested in relation to this i think they've possibly arrested two or three people compared to the number of fences it seems slightly um bit of a poor show shall we say from the police it may be the case that it's quite hard to track these down because some of these cases of vandalism are happening apparently in the middle of the night but what it's certainly done is it's almost been the flashpoint or the most acute sort of worst point showing the sense of rejection of this scheme as a whole especially in the suburbs there's been quite a suburban rebellion, if you like, against the ULES expansion. And uh, while not everybody has necessarily got their wire clippers out and climbed up a ladder to chop a camera down, it does seem there is a substantial amount of resentment still against the ULES expansion, which wasn't the case when it expanded to the North and South Circulars. And what does that mean? Well, there's a nuisance factor for TfL and obviously the cost of having to continually try to replace the cameras. But there's also a political dimension to this in that many of these people will then have the chance to vote or not vote for Sadiq Khan in the mayor elections next May. It seems that the ULES expansion has antagonised many more Londoners than previous versions of the ULES and therefore there's potential jeopardy for the mayor that many Londoners may have a very good reason not to vote for him next May. 
Let's go to the ads. Coming up, more transport news with the latest on a government U-turn over plans to close railway station ticket offices. Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Ross, some big news on the government's U-turn on closing the railway ticket offices on Tuesday. What's the background? Back in the summer, the train firms announced plans to close about 1,000 ticket offices across the country, including, we thought, around 150 in and around London. Now, the problem with these proposals were that they were very unclear they emerged slowly and they came from each of the different train firms, whether it was Southeastern, Southwestern Railway, Govia Thameslink and so on, rather than all the proposals being in one place on one website in one document. And this rather concerned many passengers and particular passenger groups thinking, what on earth is being proposed here? And there was also the sense that the government was being rather duplicitous. Obviously, it funds the railways and it gave its backing to the principle of getting staff out from behind the ticket office window and onto the rail concourse as part of a wider effort to try and make the railways cheaper. Because ever since the pandemic, passenger numbers on the railways have not yet come back to pre-pandemic levels, certainly during the week. They have exceeded them at weekends because of the boom in leisure travel. But essentially, the government had this problem that the railways were too expensive and it wanted to make them cheaper to enable them to continue on a sustainable basis in the long run. And then what happened with the consultation? Anybody who knew anything about the railways could be quite clear that the train operating firms weren't doing this for fun. They were essentially being directed or driven by the Department for Transport. So there we had it a few months ago. We had this situation where, slightly by stealth, lots of passengers got to find out that their railway station ticket office was threatened with closure or with reduced opening hours. This then sparked something of a massive outcry. A public consultation was launched during the summer, which is unusual in itself because most people go on holiday during the summer and it's bad practice to have a public consultation period over the summer, just as it's bad practice to have a general election during the holiday period. This consultation had to be extended. There were more than 700,000 people in the UK responded to uh, this consultation, including about 180,000 people using London stations. They said pretty much to the man and woman, 99% of responses said, we 
we don't want these ticket offices to close. And today, about half past 10 this morning, London Travel Watch, which is the passenger watchdog for the capital, responded because it had analysed all these responses and it said, we do not support the proposals to close 269 ticket offices in London. We didn't realise it was going to be that many. And what happened then with about five minutes, the Department for Transport, Mark Harple, the Transport Secretary, out of the blue, put out a statement saying, we are now asking the train firms to withdraw these proposals. So it's an almighty train crash. It's beyond saying that these plans have hit the buffers. You know, they've come way off the tracks and there's devastation all round in terms of politically. Thankfully, nobody has actually been hurt, but there's been a lot of time and effort wasted. The net result is that the public has won, passengers have won, the ticket offices will be saved and the government has gone back to think again. What do we know about any impact on fares and services for passengers? We know that the fares are due to rise as part of the annual fares rise. That will be next March. The worry would be the fares increase could be around 8% because of the way that the government uses various measures that are announced, either inflation or sort of cost inflation during the summer before to then put it into the calculator and work out the rate. So that will be happening next March. There will also be fare increases on the tube as well that probably be very similar. So there will be more income coming to the railways. The other thing to bear in mind, of course, is it's only a week or two that Rishi Sunak was making clear that the war on the motorists, as he described it, was going to end and essentially that more roads would be built and there seemed to be less interest in getting more people back on trains. Now, train travel is very elastic in terms of demand for it. If you put ticket prices way up, then fewer people will choose to travel because it's a very visible cost how much your train ticket costs you, whereas if you've got a car, it's not quite as visible how much that car is costing you each year, either in vehicle duty or in terms of your insurance or depreciation and so on. But uh, real passengers tend to respond quite quickly to hikes and fares. So there's sort of more bad news coming down the line there in terms of how much it will cost to use trains. The only sort of thing the government's saying here is that it will try and press ahead with contactless travel to try and make it easier to use trains. What can you tell us about the current rail usage levels? By and large, the trains are doing pretty well at the weekend. Lots of people are enjoying getting out and about again. It's just got to do something with the Monday to Friday travel, especially Mondays and Fridays when changing work patterns mean that there's no demand or very little demand these days for a five-day working week commute. So how the government solves that, we don't really know, but that's a central issue here, that many trains are running pretty empty Monday and Friday. Tuesday to Thursday, it's not too bad. Weekends are rammed, and quite how the government makes it all pay for itself is very tricky. Of course, the wider issue, of course, is that um, subsidies are needed to run the railway. You know, the roads are subsidised. It's just really choices how the government wants to spend its money and whether Britons prefer to be stuck on the motorway or whizzing passed on the train. There's more on this story in the Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. We are back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 